Hey, good evening, everybody. I'm so glad you're going to be joining us, and, and tonight is going to be just a good night. I'm so excited about tonight. We are in day eight of 40 or 50 days of preparation. Day eight, uh, many times in the Bible, is seen as a new beginning. And so I believe there's going to be some new beginnings for some people. Passover is a beginning. This was a beginning season uh, for many of us and and that God is, is doing some things in your life. And and I love the ones that have been joining us and you've been making posts on the 50 Days of Preparation Facebook group. So if this is your first time uh, seeing this, this video, then welcome. We're glad you're here. And you can uh, maybe like or follow our Face Center Facebook page. And then we have a group called 50 Days of Preparation. You can join that group. And all you have to do is just answer. Uh, when you ask to join, answer a couple questions. We want to make sure you, you know, uh, be nice and keep the main thing the main thing and stay focused. And, and then in that group, you can go to the units. It's a learning unit. You can go to the unit number one and, and all the videos. So this is day eight. So there's all the other videos and all the videos in the future will, will be there. So you can go back and watch any video that you maybe have missed or any video that you want to watch again. And when you watch that video, you can make comments. You can say, here's what the Lord's showing me. And, and that way the community can see it and you can encourage one another. Uh, you can also click done when you're finished with the unit. And over the next 50 days, as you keep doing that, and you click done, it'll keep track for you. Um, you know, the units you've completed and, and, and that way you get to a sense of knowing you've, you've kind of finished and you've, you've done it. And so uh, I like that little tool that they have there. And so uh, have mercy on me, the f Facebook. I haven't been on it in a long time, so uh, I'm, not, I'm not in on what's happening in the Facebook culture. But um, I I'm excited to share, you know, what God has, has been sharing with us. Last, last night um, was just amazing, in my opinion. Uh, we, we got a new scripture verse, what we do. Uh, through each week, each each Wednesday kind of starts a new week. So today's the first day that we're starting a new week. And each week we focus on one verse. Instead of reading a whole chapter or reading, you know, a whole book and reading reading a lot, we're, we're narrowing our focus during this 50 days of preparation and we're dialing into one verse. So last week we read uh, every day, two to three times a day, we memorized it, we meditated on it, uh, Exodus 3, 8, and we asked the Lord to show us things. We asked the Lord, as we're reading that verse, we, we prayerfully say, God, open our eyes and show us some things. And we want to ask, what do I see in this verse about God's nature, what God is like, and, and what, what his character is like, his person is like. And the reason why that's important is because when you don't understand your circumstances or what's happening, you don't want those difficult circumstances to lie to you about who God is. You want to know his nature from his word. And when you know who he is, you won't get confused when you don't understand all that's happening in your life. Uh, and so I want to uh, do one or two more things, but I want to uh, encourage you to get your Bible out during our time here. Get your Bible out. We're going to be at Exodus chapter 14. Um, you get a notebook out, take notes. And like I said, uh, join that face, uh, Facebook group, 50 Days of Preparation. And if you feel led by God to invite somebody, invite them in. But I only want people coming in who are, who are going to, you know, uh, their desire is to, is to be prepared. 
you know, and, and to grow in this. And, and so uh, last night, uh, before we jump into today's scripture and I pray, which will be Exodus 14, um, uh, last, last night I just, I, and I heard so many different people um, talking to me today about how much they enjoyed last night. Our new verse for this week is Galatians 2.20. And that's a powerful verse. It's been very um, meaningful to me for many, many years. Uh, when I was a new believer, I remember reading that verse and just saying, that, that's, the, that's it. That, that, that explains what happens to me. And so we talked about uh, Galatians 2.20 is the confession of a new man in Christ. So we, we've been made one new man. And, and yesterday's teaching was really good about that. Uh, and, and so... I was just thinking about it today as I was declaring it over and over, which I do every day, but I was declaring it more so. I just was thinking about how it's like five, five points of it. And you can read it in different translations, and I encourage you to do that because different truths will pop out to you. But a real basic way of looking at this is this is how you get a grip, how you get a grip on your new life in Christ, how you get a grip on the new man. And, and it's just five points. Galatians 2.20 has five points. You can say it and see it and feel it every day of your life. Get it deep inside of you. And from your, the deepest level of your soul, you get a grip on these five confessions of the new life and the new man that you have and that you are in Christ. And the first one is this, I am crucified with Christ. Second one is I no longer live. Third one is Christ lives in me. The fourth one is I live by faith in him. Different translations will say that different ways, but I live by faith in him. And the, the fifth one is he, Christ loves me and gave himself for me. And that's how you get a grip on your new identity in Christ. It's the confession of your new identity, the confession of who you are now. I know who you were, but you and, and you still have to deal with difficult things that rise up from your past and in life, but you deal with them from a new man perspective, knowing who you are. And so um, I, open your Bible to Exodus 14 tonight. I want to talk to you about um, the pursuit or Pharaoh's pursuit, the pursuit of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's pursuit. And I wanted to show you some things. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you thanks and we honor you. We speak peace to this house and peace to every single household represented here, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you've made us new. We thank you that you are a Passover lamb. And we thank you that your blood speaks over our heart and over our life. We submit ourselves to you freshly. You are Lord of our life. And we honor you and we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. And your truth sets us free. And so help us to have ears to hear and hearts to understand. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Uh, so as we talk about Pharaoh's pursuit, I, I want to set a groundwork and give a few things about the, the, the shadows and the, the symbols that point to the substance. So a little symbolism thing in the Bible, because, you know, the, 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 the reality of the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. And the realities of the Old Testament, the truth of the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. And so so what the we we read about I don't know if it was week one or week two we we read about the shadows or the sketches they're the they're the hints they're the symbols they're the blueprints uh, the 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 bullet points 
of the substance. And so all the shadows point to a real spiritual substance. And of course, the, the, the substance is Christ. But I want to talk about some of the symbolism of the Old Testament so you can understand the Bible is a spiritual book releasing spiritual realities, not just history. So the first symbolism I want you to see is Egypt. Egypt represents the fallen and sinful world that we are all born into. We were all born into sin. We weren't born good people. We were born in sin because of the fall of Adam and that whole story. So the, the war, Egypt represents the sinful world that we were born into. And so Pharaoh represents Satan. So Pharaoh, so, so this whole battle we talked about with, with Israel um, and God coming down to face uh, Israel to say, let my people go and, and all that, that it was, it was a father versus a Pharaoh. And, and so Pharaoh is Satan. That's who he represents. The taskmasters that are under Pharaoh are the demons, the demonic authorities. And there's a hierarchy of demons. Like in the military, you have, you have a, a captain and a sergeant and, and privates and stuff. You have the same kind of thing in the spiritual realm with spirits of darkness. There's a, there's a hierarchy of them. And so you have Satan with his delegated authority uh, to his taskmasters that are there to oppress and harass, uh, you know, people. And so those are the taskmasters. You have the Israelites who represent you and I uh, that have been, that, that are people who are born in sin, but God has chosen them to redeem them, but we're still stuck as slaves in sin in Egypt. So the Israelites represent um, the, the chosen ones of God who are living as slaves of sin and are in need of a deliverer, are in need of a savior. And then you have Moses, who's a type of Jesus, one who's going to go face Pharaoh and say, let my people go and bring the people. He's a type of Jesus who was sent from the Father to redeem those who are lost in slavery. And then you have the Passover lamb. Jesus is also the Passover lamb. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And his blood, he, he was the substitute sacrifice. We read about that and studied that. He was the substitute sacrifice for us. So, so that is the when he died on the cross. So that's the basic symbolism you need to understand to understand the pursuit, the Pharaoh's pursuit that we're about to get into because the Israelites, uh, they're, they're, the Passover is, points to salvation. So they took the blood of the lamb on the doorpost symbolically of their heart, which is, which is what a, a believer does, a Jew or Gentile who comes to faith, the one new man in Christ. Uh, remember, it's not Gentiles becoming Jews or Jews becoming Gentiles. It's Jew and Gentile both becoming one new man in Christ. One new man in Christ. And that's by receiving the Passover lamb as your sacrifice, as your substitute, by taking the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, putting your faith in his blood, his sacrifice, and receiving that as payment for your sin, that he was sacrificed in your place. So by them taking the Passover lamb and the blood, putting it on the doorpost of their house, it, it symbolizes them being saved, and then they ate the lamb. That night, they roasted it by fire and they ate the lamb. That symbolizes the lamb taking the body of the lamb in, into you. And, and, and it shows us Christ in you. It's a symbol of Christ in you. And so, uh, so the two things that God is doing by them receiving salvation, receiving the blood of the lamb and the body of the lamb, 
upon their life, that salvation and what God is doing, remember, he's bringing them, he's bringing them out of Egypt, but then he's got to bring them up and bringing them up is getting Egypt out of them. It's one of the saddest things to see is see a, someone who is, is now a believer in Christ, but they're an unbelieving believer. They still walk in their old ways. Now it's a process. You who are watching right now are thinking, man, I struggle. Don't, don't beat yourself up. It's a process, but you got to know what direction are you going. And we want to go, we want to go out. Keep going out. Keep going up. Keep going in. And, and that means he's getting us out of Egypt and he's getting Egypt out of us. And, and what he's doing is he's getting us out of the land of Egypt, but he's also getting us out of the hand of Egypt so that Egypt won't control us anymore. You see that language through there a lot. And I've seen some people mention that they've, they've recognized that, and I love that. And then the Lord, the other thing that the Lord did, before we go to Exodus 14, I think it's Exodus 13 that shares that what God did is he led them. He went before them and behind them. He, he was the one leading them, uh, and he was the one who had their rear guard also. And he led them by, with a cloud. He led them by, with a cloud by day, um, is, is how he led them. And then at night, it was a pillar of fire by night, which gave them light and gave them warmth. And then all that represents the leading of the Holy Spirit with the cloud and with, with fire. And that's how he led them. And he even had their rear guard. So look in Exodus 14. So we see that's what God's doing. And now Exodus 14. And let's start in verse, um, let's start in verse, uh, where do I want to start? I want to start in verse 15. I got to get my glasses. Somebody keeps making my letters smaller. Let's see. Um, let's uh, 14 verse 4. He says, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And, and let me just say something about that. Let me just say something about that. That My glasses are crooked. Good grief. Uh, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart is, is all about um, Pharaoh chose that direction. And God basically was like, fine, you want to go that way? I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you have it. God didn't make Pharaoh uh, rebel. Pharaoh rebelled, and then God left him in his rebellion. And so um, as he keeps going, look at what he said. And he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And it goes down in verse 5, and it says, now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, meaning the Israelites, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants were turned against the people, and they said, why have we done this? Why have we let Israel go from serving us? Like, why did we do this? That was a dumb idea. But they had anger and rebellion in their heart. Uh, chapter, or verse 6. So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him, and he also took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt, with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And he went out, uh, uh, the children of Israel, uh, and went out with boldness. So that's talking about the children of Israel went out with boldness. So when they first left, they were bold. This is great. This is awesome. And then you see this pursuit. And look down in verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. 
Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us this way to bring us out of Egypt? Is it not that is it not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? Look at this. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to come out here and die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. Uh, you shall uh, hold your peace. I'm going to stop right there. And tomorrow we'll pick up on the rest of that. But here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to see. That as you're, as anybody who who gives their life to the Lord or has a fresh commitment of faith before God, you begin this process of I'm going to believe God. You come out with boldness. You come out with boldness. I'm, this is going to be great. God, it's going to be wonderful this time. I believe the Lord, especially those who are saved and 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 walking in a fresh commitment to the Lord. You come out with strength and like, yeah, here we go. We're marching forward. We're going on to all that God has promised to us, then Pharaoh pursues. Pharaoh pursues. He's sneaking up behind you. He's got his chariots. He's got his taskmasters. He's coming behind you because he's like, wait a minute. We ain't going to let you go. We're going we're gonna to haunt you. We're going to hunt you. We're going to pursue you. And here the children of Israel have come to the Red Sea, which we'll talk about tomorrow. But they've come to the Red Sea. they got water in front of them. And then all of a sudden they turn around and as Pharaoh drew near, they sensed, they saw Pharaoh coming. The children of Israel took their eyes off of forward and off of God and off of the promises that God had made. They lifted their eyes to Pharaoh and they were in fear. See, we got to walk by faith, not by sight. They lifted their eyes and they were in fear and thinking, oh no. Then they cry out to Moses and they say, Moses, we told you not to bring us out here. We, we told you to leave us alone. We would have been better off in our sin. Notice what happens. They keep going through this, that when, when difficulty and trouble hits, instead of keeping their eyes forward to have a faith focus, they keep looking back. They keep looking back to their old life. And if you keep looking back, you're going to go back. So you need to decide when I'm being pursued by Pharaoh, when Pharaoh's army, see, the pursuit that follows the Passover, I'm not going to be swayed by it. I'm going to keep going forward. There was a purpose to my Passover. There was a purpose that God was, he's doing something. He's preparing me for something and he's moving me forward. He's pulling me out. He's pulling me up. He's pulling me in. He's giving me that new direction, that new diet, that new destiny. And I'm not going to go back. I'm telling you, you keep looking back. You're going to one day go back. And that's why you need to get your eyes back on Jesus. Get your eyes back on the author and finisher of our faith, as it says in Hebrews 12. So, so notice what happens. The people in fear come to Moses and they just start speaking fear. Why did you do this? We told you to leave us alone. We're going to die. I mean, it's just fear. And so... God, Moses then stands up speaking faith to them. So they speak in fear to Moses. Moses speaks in faith to them. And look at what he says. <laughs> he says, do not fear. 
stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, and then he basically says, hold your peace. So these are the four basic things that if, if when you feel pursued by an enemy, you feel him breathing down your neck, when your past is trying to come up and trip you up again, when you feel like there's a war and a battle and a struggle that you are in, uh, here are four things that you can do. And in faith, Moses stood up and spoke. A faith-filled Moses spoke to a fear-filled people and an angry enemy breathing down their neck. And here's what he said. Do not fear. Just stop it. Stop it. Do not fear. And then he said, stand still. What he's saying is, y'all be, be relax. Chill out. They're probably running frantically. What are we going to do? He's like, look, stand still. Stop. Be still and know that I am God. And so he says, do not fear, which makes me think of Psalm 27. Man, it, whom shall I fear? Man, I love that, that scripture. And then he says, he says, stand still. Just like in Ephesians 6, when it says, having done all, stand. Ephesians 6, where it talks about the army of God, says the same thing. Having done all, stand. I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to start running around and going back. I'm going to stand. And here's what I'm standing for a purpose. My standing to be still is so that I can see the salvation of the Lord. I want to see what he's doing. I don't want to be, I don't want my sight being on what the enemy is trying to do. I want my focus to be in my sight to be on what God is doing. He's bringing me out. He's bringing me up. And he's bringing me in. He's at work. I'm telling you, God's at work. Never let the enemy's work distract you from God at work. Keep your eyes open to where God is at work in your life. It is, it is more damaging for a Christian to lose their eyesight than to lose their vision. We need to keep the vision of faith. And, and we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. We need to see the salvation of the Lord. We need to see the victory unfolding. We need to see the promise prevailing. We need to see the Lord always to keep things in the, in the right check. And he says, the Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. You don't need to fight. You don't need to fight. Put down your pitchfork. Put down your pitchfork because he's going to use the sword of the spirit. Put down your pitchfork. The Lord will fight for you. He's the one that brought you out. You didn't bring you out. You didn't save you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it's as if, as if God started it, but you have to finish it. No, no, no. He started it and he's going to finish it. He who began the good work in you is going to complete it, but you got to keep your faith focused. Your faith can't fail. You've got you to stand, just stop and stand and see the salvation of the Lord. And then he says, hold your peace. I love how he says that because what that really means is, look, shut, shut your mouth. Stop it. Stop talking fear. Stop talking anxiety and worry. Stop it. Stand still. Stand still. Open your eyes. See the salvation of the Lord and, and stop it. Stop it. Stop talking fear. Stop talking fear. If you can't speak faith, don't speak at all. If you cannot speak faith, do not speak at all. Stop talking fear in order to hold on to your peace. If you keep talking fear, you're going to let go of your peace. But if you hold your peace, in order to hold your peace, you have to stop talking fear and start talking faith. 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What you say is so important. But what you say has to follow out of what you see. And if you're focusing on the enemy and his pursuit of you, making that your main focus, you're going to miss what God's doing. So we need to, we need to no longer, first thing we need to do when we're being pursued is, is do not fear. Do not fear. Second thing we need to do, stand still. Be still. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that he has got, be still in order to refocus. Be still, refocus. Lord, and then the next thing, the third thing is open my eyes, God, let me see the salvation that you're working out. God, let me see. Get my eyes back on you. Focus on what you're doing. And let me see the promise prevailing. Let me see the victory unfolding. Let me see what you're doing. And I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to walk in your word. And I'm going to hold my peace. I'm going to hold on to my peace by only speaking life, only speaking faith. That's how you have victory in the middle of a pursuit. And you go on, and here's the blessing. Once you learn how to do that, why does God let you have that battle? So you can learn how to have victory over, over so you can learn how to have victory over every enemy. Right now you're dealing with a Pharaoh. Like years later, when they're going into the promised land, they're going to be dealing with giants in the land. And I'm going to tell you, you got to learn how to win a battle over Pharaoh in order to learn how to win a battle over giants. God is teaching them spiritual warfare. Do not fear. Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, and hold your peace. Hold your peace by speaking faith and by speaking life. See the salvation of the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone that's watching, Lord, that you just, you help them to do these four things. Help us, God, to put your word in our mouth. All week long, God, let us have that confession of the new man. Let us say it multiple times a day. Help us, God. Remind us, Holy Spirit, and anyone being pursued. Father, give them the wisdom and the strength to, to not fear. That your perfect love will cast out all fear. Give them the, the wisdom and strength, God, to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And to hold their peace by speaking words of life and speaking words of faith. And so we just bless uh, you, Lord, for all, for all your strength and all your, we just give you honor and glory and may your blessing rest upon your people in Jesus' name. See you tomorrow for day nine. God bless you. Go build the kingdom. <laughs>